you may have a lot of stuff on your mind. I know that I do. And that's not an uncommon thing because a lot of people nowadays have so much going on, so many things on their mind, so many thoughts, processes, etc., that they don't know what to do with. We're getting a lot of mind clutter right now. And it's a natural thing because as the world naturally progresses, we get more technology, we get more connected. Hell, we were talking about we were talking about globalization when I was a kid. So I know there's a lot of talk like that going on now about just how we're connected with so many people, ideas, options, entertaining things, distractions, etc. So I've spoken in the past about a thing I call jot booking, and you may have seen some of the pictures on my Instagram. If you haven't, go check those out. That's where I'm going to be kind of pushing a lot of this. But the idea is to get thoughts out of your head so you can have a more clear mind. You can do all the meditation you want. That's fine. You can do all the focus study you want. That's fine. You can even do a, a digital fast if you want. That's all fine. But this one technique I call jot booking is something that I've been using for a while. I've been practicing and owning, and I want to try to expand on that a little bit. I want to try to make it a little more usable for people. And I want to, it's something I've been using to clear my mind and it keeps me at ease and able to juggle more bits of information. So I thought that I'd put together some materials on it. And I've talked about it in the past before, but now I'm actually starting to share it with you here on Instagram. So I think every week I'm going to do at least one or two sessions on jot booking, clearing the mind until the actual product comes out. And you need to get on that because it's, you need to figure out a way to clear your mind. And maybe this isn't the solution for you, but it's one of the ways I think that we can start getting towards a more clear mindset. And yes, jot booking. Basically, it is taking down thoughts on a small notebook that you keep with you. You've heard of journaling. This is not about journaling. Journaling is for something else. I won't really get into what journaling is about, but you're taking down your thoughts and your stories, your things that happened to you. You're keeping a record of what went on during the day or the week or the month, etc., or at some time or whatever. Jot booking is not about that. Jot booking is more about, I have a little thought, I need to put it down somewhere. So that's why you buy these small little notebooks. I got this one off the internet. I can post up a link to where I got this one from. But basically, it's a, what, three by five inch, about the size of an index card notebook. I just keep little notes here that I make throughout the day. And here's where it starts to, to make sense. If you consider all of the different distractions, different inputs that we get throughout the day, you're going throughout your day and you hear a news story. Someone's like, hey, did you hear about the shooting. Hey, did you hear that this person got elected? Hey, did you hear that this team won? And somehow we're in this state of information where we're supposed to think that everything is important. And when it comes in our heads, we struggle with it for a little bit. Then we try to put it down or try to just deal with it. But that's not working. It's really just factually not working for a lot of people. It wasn't working for me. I know a lot of people will struggle with all this information and I've prided myself over the years in consuming a lot of information and organizing it. And this is one of the tools I use. So basically, you have any small idea that comes up, and there are different types of them. 
five actually, which I'm going to go over in a little while, that whenever an idea comes up, whenever a thought comes up, whenever something enters your mind, a small little jot of information, then you want to put it down in a little notebook and keep it with you. And this one little simple technique, this is one of those simple techniques like making your bed that's going to start showing you reverberating and continue cascading. That's the word I'm looking for. Cascading effects. What's up, Burn the Camper? How are you doing? So as you continue about your day, let's say a thought comes up. As I said, maybe you should go do something. Maybe you should go to the mall. Maybe you should pick up some things. Your first inclination is usually to just repeat it in your head to remember it. Like, I need to think about this. I need to think about this. I need to think about this. And you continue to try to burn it into your memory so you won't forget it later. Or you take out your phone and then you open yourself up to a world of distractions. Or you could write on a wall or something. But unfortunately, you can't take large chunks of wall with you if you're just out and about or maybe you're in the kitchen cooking or whatever. You just need something simple. And by the way, this is not to replace digital notes. This is not to replace reminders on Siri or anything like that. But it's an analog method, this, and that's why it's so important. I took this for granted for a while, but I realized, I think, when I started getting back into drawing and painting, how free my mind and how clear everything was when I just went analog for just a little bit. It didn't have to be a long time. I could take 10, 15 minutes and just go analog, and my mind was just golden, basically. And as always, if you have any, yeah, I'm going to have to do something about that. The, that just started happening recently. I know that when you change up something on a system, uh, my internet was being a little wonky there. I've got it all plugged up like I had before, but in fact, I'll make a jot of that right now. Let's use that as part of the lesson here. I will contact the cable company about the internet. Because what, what ends up happening is they start messing around with things and somebody gets a new system installed, somebody over here changes the type of service they have, and it's a cascading effect of the entire neighborhood. And if you actually make your needs known, like, hey, I use the internet this time, I need this much bandwidth and blah, 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 they actually can adjust a little bit and see if they can help you out. Sometimes it works, sometimes it makes a difference. Hopefully, it's automatic on their end, but sometimes it's not. And that's just an example of something I can jot down really quickly. And if I wasn't jotting it down, that thought might have been stuck in my head to be stuck in my head for the rest of the day. And as I said, can use digital reminders, but for those of you who send text messages to yourself or use the notes function on your computer or your phone, or if you just use the reminders tool, those are all fine and well. I actually use those in different cases. But once again, it brings you back to the phone and it's not always convenient. I can't write a diagram. I can't draw a diagram very easily on my phone and kind of save it. It becomes a whole mess, right? So yeah, contact cable company. Fern the campers over here telling me, contact the cable company plus send Holly updated manuscripts so she can give feedback. Yes updated manuscript. I was in the middle of my zone doing my thing 
There is no excuse for not sending you the manuscript, but here it is. Actually, I, I'm showing you. If you're listening on audio only. I'm sorry you can't see this, but I actually have. I don't know. If, I don't know if I showed you this before, but I have illustrations in place just to get the whole idea across. So I'm going to take that whole style. It's going good. It's going good. So I'm not going to apologize for that delay there, but I know how you like to see things, Holly. I know how you like to get in there and edit certain things. So I wanted to make sure it was just Holly specific for this draft. Fern the Camper, by the way, everybody go follow Fern the Camper on Instagram and also Skinny Beats GF. It's a gluten-free website there, Instagram page. So make sure you check those out. And yes, always have writing partners and people who will keep you on your game at all times. In fact, that's another thing I'm going to jot down. Update manuscript for Holly. But see, just like that. If I was on my phone texting or something like that, or I saw a message from somebody, I might have gotten distracted and wouldn't have been, wouldn't have been able to jot that down. So what you've seen right now that I've just started jotting, and I'll start going over the five major things I keep in my jot book. There are, I think, 25 something different things that I can keep, but I'm actually going to just talk about the five major ones. And the first one of those is task. I don't want to call it a to-do list. I don't necessarily want to call it a task list, a job list or whatever. You call it whatever you want. I personally call it an opportunity list, but I think everybody understands task list. So that's what I say. And that's the verbiage I use. First thing is to keep a task list going on. Whenever you have little things that come up or things that you want to do throughout the day, put them in your job book. I wake up in the morning, grab my job book, my little three by five inch notepad, and write down a couple of things that I need to get done or I want to tackle throughout the day. These are just tasks that I want to get done. These are things that I think will might make my life better. I personally don't, don't make them a to-do list because I don't feel I have to do anything. But these are things that are opportunities for me to get ahead. So, yeah, work on some reels, record this, record this podcast here, go on Kajabi and check out Derek. There's a course that I'm taking on marketing. Contact the cable guy, update the manuscript, blah, 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 and so forth, so on and so forth. And throughout the day, I just scratch these off and it gives you a feeling of completion, right? I end up getting a lot more done because what happens is there's little bits of time where your mind starts to wander. And if you don't know about mental processes and the way machines and computing processes work, basically one of the things that really holds people up is that stopping a task, slowing down, stopping, figuring out what to do, looking at all your options, deciding on an option, ramping up into that task, and then going into it. You can really speed that time up by having a list of things that, a list of options, you know, some you may want to call it an options list. You have a list of options that you can do. So if you say watch an episode of Friends or whatever on Netflix or watch an episode of Seinfeld, whatever, once you finish that, if you have a list of things, you don't have to stop, look around and say, what can I do now? And one, that opens you up to distractions. Two, it wastes time. You don't think it wastes a lot of time, but it really slows down your flow. So that's one, one thing to do with these. Keep a task list. Just a list of tasks. 
sounds simple. Once you get in the habit of doing it, I'm telling you, you've got somebody says, hey, you know, you're going to have to wait 20 minutes for your for your food order. You're like, I have to wait 20 minutes. Whip out your job book. You see all the tasks. And it's like, oh, yeah, I said I was going to call such and such. I can call them and make a 15 minute call and be done and have that finished. Boom. You're productive. Your mind's clear. Your mind's focused and you're still flowing. And that's the thing. This is most important for a cluttered mind. I want to keep reiterating that. Number two, the five major thing, major things I keep in my job book, ideas. As a creative, as most of you listening to this probably are, as a creative, you should be keeping track of ideas. Good, bad, weird, boring, overdone, undone, etc. Tasks are one thing. Ideas are a completely separate thing. So, split the page. If I'm walking down the street and I see, I don't know, I see a dog barking at a bird on the, I see a dog barking at a bird on the fence, right? I, what? And it gives me an idea for a movie. I'm like, oh man, what if there was this tank that was trying to take down airplanes? And yeah, the tank could be like, it was just this crazy tank that had anti-aircraft and the airplane was trying to get somewhere, whatever. You think of the short little war story or something just based on that little interaction between the dog and the bird. Most people think to themselves, sure, I'll remember that. And then they go about their business and then they forget it. Or when they try to remember it again, it doesn't feel the same. One thing writing does is it transcription, the actual act of writing with pen and paper is it forces you to record the moment emotionally. So if you're writing something down as you have that emotive spark, that thoughtful spark, that insight, that revelation or whatever, that idea, that bing, the light bulb goes off above your head like, oh, wouldn't that be cool? If you write it down in that moment, there's actually more power in those words. So when you go back later and you're flipping through your job book and say, oh, yeah, oh, the dog was barking at the bird. I remember that. You actually start to remember the color of the dog's fur, the way the bird was kind of flapping its wings kind of crazy, but wouldn't leave the perch and the way the grass was. You start to remember more just by the act of stopping and taking it down right then. It's a matter of forced concentration. So your ideas are much stronger. And once you've written it down, you no longer have the necessity of keeping it or the need to keep it in your, in your short-term memory. So it frees your mind up, once again, frees your mind up to go about thinking about other things. Because once you write that idea, you can like, okay, and go about your business. I can tell you for a fact, I've been going somewhere and once you get in the process of making ideas, you're going to start just, they're going to start coming and they'll keep coming and they're, and you'll get better at taking down, taking them down very quickly. But what you'll notice is Maybe you check back at the end of the week on your notes. You go back to your, your jots at the end of the week and you're like, okay, there was the dog thing. There was the political thing. Oh yeah, I saw that guy trip in the mall or I saw that lady. She walked into the glass door and didn't know to open it. And all these little things that sparked ideas in your head. Or maybe I can, yeah, maybe we should put a sliding glass door in the house. Maybe you should try this out for dinner or whatever. All these different ideas that you're having to create a better life, throw them down. It'll clear up your mind and you'll stop being so scatterbrained. 
because anyone who comes up with a lot of ideas will start getting scatterbrained if they're not careful. Everything you see, so much stimulus in your phones, every place is becoming like the New York Times Square or Las Vegas. It's just constant imagery. So this is imagery you can control where you can say, you know what, it's in this book and it's good and it's over there. Those are my ideas. Yes, random business ideas that require one million to start. I don't know how many random ones there are that cost it, that start at a million, but yes, random. Random ideas are good. And it's fun to look back at them because even if it's a bad idea, it's still good to jot it down because you'll know where your mind was at that time. And you're like, oh, that was a bad idea. And then you might say to yourself, what's actually a good idea is whatever. And there's a reason for that, which I'll get to later. But for now, let's go on to number three. The third thing I use these job books for, curiosities. And, oh, and as usual, feel free to throw in comments, throw suggestions in. As I hear these ideas come up, I will go back and introduce them into later podcasts when I do my Freestyle Fridays, I'll do my Q&As, etc. So... A friend the camper says, never had a bad idea, just poor implementation. That is one way of looking at it. And I'd say this to that point. If you start thinking of your ideas, if you start writing down implementation ideas, then you start to get to a better place. Let's say you've already got the idea in place. So the basic idea is, I'm going to build a house. And then over the days you start having ideas of like well wait a minute what if i use limestone instead of marble is there a way to glaze limestone what about this or maybe i should use you know some sort of shale on the counters no, no one uses that that'll be too expensive it'll break too easily you start having ideas about how you should implement things and if you can run these through in your head quickly enough then when you actually get it to paper or get it to its workable state, it'll start to make more sense. Or maybe you're in the grocery store, right? And you've written this idea down. If you're in the grocery, you're, you're out somewhere and you've had an idea for something. If you've written it down, that spark may come up and you'll say, oh, wait a minute. I wrote something down about this earlier. Let me get out my job book, refer back to it. And you'll notice that you'll start reiterating over your ideas and getting them closer to a better implementation. So your implementation actually improves as you think about ideas of implementation. Like, why did I, why did that fall over? Why did that, why did the house come out this way? Or why did this dinner turn out this way? Was it just bad implementation? Or did I not have enough ideas about the implementation, if that makes any sense? So speaking of, implementation. Execution, I think, is just stringing good ideas together. I have an idea that I need to wake up in the morning, obviously, and go to work. I have an idea that I need to get up and do yoga before work. And then as I'm going through these things, I keep thinking, okay, this messed up. It didn't work. This messed up. It didn't work. That's fine. Two days down the line, I may think to myself, wait a minute. I get up and do yoga first. Why don't I try stretching 
doing a little bit of stretching late at night might be a bad idea, but why don't I try that? And you start, your implementation starts to change a little bit as you have ideas towards executing it. I don't know if I am explaining that properly, but yeah, as long as you can string together enough good ideas, because there is no one grand idea. It's all a bunch of little ideas once you start breaking it up and chopping it and organizing it and sequencing everything. So, ideas. Let me move on to number three here. The third thing I keep in my job books, third major thing, I keep a lot of things, but my third major thing, curiosities. If I'm ever curious about something, have you ever had a thought and it just stuck in your head as this question mark that you couldn't get rid of? Like, let's say you, there's a person you know that acts weird sometimes. And then there's another coincidental moment. Like you hear about somebody having an accident and then you hear your friend saying they're not going to be able to get to the meeting on time. And part of you is thinking in your head, were you in that accident? Did you cause that? Were you there taking pictures? And you start to make these weird connections. You start just wondering about something. You start thinking too much about it. You start having these curiosities and they burn in your head and you can't concentrate on anything because it's in your head. Or let's say somebody says, let's say some, especially when someone says something in a conversation and you don't know what they meant by it exactly, or you don't know what they were trying to accomplish. I was out to dinner or me and a friend were going out to dinner. We were going to hang out, hadn't seen each other in a while. He came in town was like, cool, man, let's meet up. Let's talk some noise, go party like we do. And we were out on the town and he said, I mentioned some ideas I was having. And he was like, Hey, just don't get caught up in that bullshit and starts laughing. And I was so in my mode that I was like, and this is the greatest idea ever. And then this, and he said, Hey, don't get caught up in that bullshit. And I'm thinking, wait, what do you mean by that? Does he mean be careful, keep my idea to myself and, or is what I'm doing bullshit? Or I mean, it's my, this is my good friend. I really respect his opinion. Shit. And it just stuck with me. Right? So he's back on the plane going to wherever he is. And I can't get this thought out of my head. What did he mean by that? This was such a serious moment to me with my idea. And I told it to him in its early stages. And he says, don't get caught up in that bullshit. And I don't know what he meant. I have no idea what he meant. I still don't to this day. But at the time, it bothered the hell out of me. And I couldn't get rid of it. This happens quite a bit to a lot of people where something will come up and it will just get caught in their head, like popcorn in between your teeth. It just gets caught in there and you can't help but poke at it. It's in your head. Jot down any curiosities, any things that you're thinking about and come back to it later. It is a lifesaver. I said this, they responded with this. What could this mean? Question mark. Leave it in your job book, close it up, put it in your back pocket, put it in your purse, put it in the glove compartment of your car while you drive, whatever. 
don't think about it. You've written it down and just that simple act can allow you to go on thinking about other things. You don't have to run it on loop. Thank you for that word. You don't have to run it on loop in your head. You just have to put it down and recognize it. Curiosities can build also. If you start taking down little notes about what you're curious about, then you can then you can deal with them later. And there isn't too much to say about curiosities except they're question mark kinds of things and you just put them down and go about your business. In fact, you may have actually seen them in movies before where a detective or somebody sees something and they're like, that's interesting, takes down a little note and goes about their business. Same kind of thing. It actually works in real life and in movies. So yeah, not too much to say about that, but if you find yourself with these questions just continually, bop, the same question looping in your head, because our short-term memory, our concentrating memory is very strong. I wasn't going to go into this, but I guess I'll mention it a little bit. Our curious memory is very, it doesn't have much space in it. It's like RAM in your computer or the desk area that you're working with. There isn't a, there's a limited amount of space where you can continue thinking about that one thing. So if that's all you're thinking about, you're going to get stuck. You're going to get on, into a loop. You're going to say, well, maybe I should have done this and that would have led to that. And then that, well, that's, well, now I'm back to the beginning. So offloading some of that thought onto paper allows you to push those ideas farther into your brain and let your subconscious work on them a little bit instead of it being right at the forefront of your brain. So just a little tip there on how the levels of your mind and consciousness work. Once you've got it out of your immediate forefront, you can push it back to the subconscious and work on it. Later on, you'll catch some stimulus or stimuli from an outside force and it may bring it back to the front and you'll have a new perspective on it. But that's another story. Curiosities, put them in a book so you can get to living in the moment. Oh, that's another thing I wanted to mention. Living in the moment. If you're continually thinking about what's going to happen or what happened in the past, you're, you may be dealing with two different problems. Thinking about the future too much will lead you to worry, lead you to concern, lead you to just constantly batting around possibilities or of an infinite future. That's basically worry. And we don't want to deal too much in the future. We don't want to deal too much in the past because that leads us to thinking, oh, maybe I did something wrong. What if I would have done this better? Or did that really happen in the past? And that leads us to feelings of guilt, remorse. Then you're scared to do stuff in the present because, you know, you don't want to do something again. And then you start thinking about if I do that again, then it, that my future will be worse. And now we're back to the future. So putting down curiosities and these questions in your head will help you stay grounded in the present. Because you know what? There's a question it's in the job book. It may not even be important, but it's there and I can get on to other things and live in the present. Next up, number four, and I've only got five of these, so we're almost done here. Number four, the positive. Writing down positive things is actually very important. I didn't have this in the beginning, but it's something, something my dad, he didn't write them down all the time. He actually sketched out positive times. I didn't know this what he was doing when I was younger. But during positive moments, he would actually write down, he would actually do little sketches that reminded him of that moment because he wanted to immortalize them somehow. So this is about gratitude. If you've ever done gratitude studies, you can basically 
change your mind, your life, your soul, and your general living experience by having a very grounded, realistic way of grasping the positive. Because ultimately, whatever you think is positive is where you want to go, where you want to grow, how you want to evolve. So if you, and I'll take, let's see, if you have a good idea or good thought or any good series of words or whatever comes through your head and you're like, that is a really positive thing. That is, I, my gosh, I really love this hamburger. Simple idea. I really love this falafel, whatever you're eating, whatever you're doing. Take that down. It's like, I had a really good day today on the beach with this falafel. Put the date down if you want. Smiley face, flowers, whatever. Write it down and then go about your business. A week later or at the end of the day or whenever, you come back to that and that sense of gratitude will be there immortalized and you transcribed it. So, you know, you're holding on to that positive vibe and re-enabling it every time you look at it, think about it, or write it down again multiple times. Some people will write down, they have like a gratitude journal. And as I said, this isn't really journaling, but when you take down notes of good or the positive things that happen, it's reinforcing that. So, the positive things that happen to you are always good to put down and it allows you to continue moving on with your life. It's like a different type of picture. It's a different type of memory. Of course, you can take a picture, take a selfie with your phone or whatever, but writing something down, it makes words in your head. Like, my gosh, I really like this, or this is a really good thing, or I am so grateful to have blah, blah, blah in my life, etc. Later on, if you want to keep it long term, you can put it in a journal, you can post it on Facebook or whatever, if you have a great quote, whatever, do whatever you want. But throwing it down in a job book is one of the great uses for this little tool. And my dad did have some pretty good life practices. Yes, thank you for that. He grew up in a difficult place and was able to smile. I am not able to do that as easily as he did, but I've been practicing and getting better at it. And I'm pretty happy with what I've accomplished in terms of my gratitude levels and life practices. And that's why I'm expressing them actually here with you. So the last one, and this might be a little bit of a surprise, but it's a twist on the positive. What do you think that twist is? Number five, the negative. So why would you ever want to write down bad things that happen to you? Why would you ever want to write down the negative? You want to write it down. You want to jot it on a little piece of paper in that pad. Bad things that happen because you don't want them in your head. Have you ever had someone say something bad to you? Say something bad about you? Get bad news. And... It just, you can't let go. You've got to, you've got, you, you've got to get that out of your system. There's something that's just attacking you constantly. And if it's in your head, it's going to do nothing but poison you. So I remember I was 
walking with somebody and car drives by and some guy sticks his head out the window and yells something. I didn't even hear what the guy said. I was in my own world. But the girl that was with me heard it. She got very offended and it stuck with me. And I was like, man, that is a terrible feeling just to have something stuck with you. I know what that feeling is like. But the thing, reason I mentioned that moment is because both of us were in the same situation and I was able to enjoy the day and her day was a little more sour because that one statement or whatever the guy said was stuck in her head. And that's, it's a very, it's a valid feeling. I'm not trying to say nobody should feel any certain way, but what I realized is that I didn't, I was, I didn't want anything like that. And things have happened like this to me personally, but that situation made me realize that I didn't want something external with no control or power over me to get in my head and push me around. And I think in a moment of desperation one time, I wrote down like something along the lines of, I hate my life. I was just feeling bad at the time. It was something along the lines of, I hate my life. This is all stupid. This is all BS, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I wrote it down and I felt better having written it down. I, that kind of shocked me. I was like, okay, whatever. Went about my business. Later on, I saw that page that I had written in my little notebook that I had. I tore it out. And this wasn't a job book at the time. This was well before I started doing the job book. It was just a notebook I had. So I tore it out, balled it up, threw it away. But as woo and as metaphysical as that seemed, I put all of that energy into scrawling down all of my feelings and then I threw it away later. It was just outside of me. I still can't totally describe this one and how that works, but I've since expanded on that practice and I have a whole, I have a whole thing I call a negativity journal that I use. What's up, Theo? Oh, by the way, Theo, you're always welcome to jump in. Anybody who wants to jump in can these lives. I, I'm not locking it out like that. We can always talk it up. But uh, Fern, I do want to know more about the burn book. If there's a, if there's something about this burn book that I need to know, you tell me and we can make it a thing. But yeah, the fifth thing that I put in my job books is the negative. I never want the negative ideas or the negative thoughts, negative feelings, things that are getting me down. They may be true. They may not be true. Doesn't matter. I don't want my mind cluttered with these negative thoughts because by nature, if I'm going in a positive direction, anything that's negative is pulling me away from that. And that's not cool. So what I've started doing, anytime one of these things comes up, I stop, take a breath and say, you know what? I don't like this about this situation. This affected me. This offended me. This put me off. This was some straight up BS. I may be in the wrong also. That's perfectly, that, that's happened plenty of times where I've realized, well, shit, I was in the wrong or I didn't understand the whole situation. Put it in the job book 
and go about my business. If at some point later, I can come back with a more clear mind and look at what I've written, I was like, you know what? I said that in my head, like, as I said that one time I was saying, I hate my life. I said that in my head, but I really don't. That's not true. So then I could take that statement and work on it. And for every negative response that I have in my head, that is a compass for pointing me to what I think is positive. So the more negatives I experience, the more of a direction I should have for the positive, if that makes any sense. So if I know I don't like shouting or when shouting happens, I get stressed, too much shouting goes on, and I tend to get very belligerent and start shouting back. If I notice that shouting, just shouting isn't one of my triggers, by the way. I really don't care who gets loud. It doesn't really bother me too much. I know a lot of people, when they hear people yelling, they just, but it doesn't bother me too much. But if that bothered me and I wrote it down, then later on I could look at it and say, you know what? If that's a thing that affects me, how can I use that to my advantage? Maybe I should start working on understanding my response. Maybe I should start working on understanding why people are shouting in these situations. Maybe I could start working on learning how to understand people better so I can not have to shout back. Or, you know, there's a whole variety of things, but humans are basically built around the negative. There, there's far more negative than there is positive. There's always going to be more things you don't like than you do like. And that's not to say that it's more powerful. It's just the way of the numbers. And it's impossible to focus on it all. If I was to, if I was to do a diagram of this, let me go to art class right quick. I may have to actually do a little diagram and put it, work my graphic design skills. If your direction is going in a positive direction, and we're going to call this the positive. So if that direction is going positive, then that means that most of this other stuff around here, any of these other directions, something going this way, all these other things are pulling you away from the positive. You can classify those as negative if they're pulling you away. And that's just an illustration that there's so much in out there that can cause us to get upset that we don't have to get upset over. If anything, we can start looking at the negative as a compass to point us to what we truly want. So I totally embrace the negative. I look straight at it now. Anytime I see something that really bothers me, I step back after it happens and go, you know what? Why did that bother me? Why did that put me in that state? Why, why am I triggered by that? And this may not be something you do on your own. You may have to call your family members, your brother. I remember talking to my brother once. I said, yeah, man, I got pissed off at this. And I was about to, and before I could even finish, he's like, yeah, you're just now realizing that you have a problem with that. You have an issue and you need to get that fixed. And I was like, holy crap. My brother just called me out and on, on something I thought I, I thought was a grand revelation. And he just, yeah, I knew it all. He knew it all my life. I was like, all right. But that was a positive thing that I could look at the negative, interact with it and get something positive out of it. I got a little closer to my brother. I found out where my positive direction should be, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, if you're driving, 
and you run into oncoming traffic, you realize that you were driving the wrong way, but now you know which way traffic should be going and you go the other way. So I'm not going to get into trauma and all that. Seek professional help if you need it. Seek non-professional help if you can get that and it works for you as well. But get what you need to start taking these negative things and moving it towards the positive. And don't be so negative about the negative. Notice it, put it down in your job book, and go from there. All right, so that was 13 minutes longer than I wanted to go, but this was a very good one. Let me see if anybody has any questions or anything. As always, I'm good for it. Let's see. Fern the Camper says, very Sith. Hey, this is the May, all right? So we can take Star Wars jokes all week, all month. Just the bad stuff goes in, then you rip it out and set it on fire in a safe place. That's a very therapeutic thing as well. There is the there's the emotional, spiritual aspect of actually taking something negative, making it into make, getting a physical representation of it and discarding it. And then there is also the, to me, and this is not for everybody, but for me, the more important part is separating it from myself so I can deal with it. I think that growing up as a creator, my father was always drawing and we were always putting stuff together with construction paper and building things. I think it's easier for me to try to construct something in the real world or at least outside of myself and deal with it and then say, you know what, that's how that is. Now that it's outside of me, I can deal with it a little better and then maybe take the parts in that I need and discard the rest. So that's that. And yes, I can go, I've actually gone into depth on each of these individually, but as I said, those were the major five that I put in my job books. They are the task, the ideas, the curiosities, the positive and the negative. These are all things that I jot down on a daily basis, along with a bunch of others that I'll probably go into on some other episode of this, because I am here most nights of the week. I'm doing my Instagram thing again. I'm also pumping this out to my podcast stream, so that'll be on YouTube and all the podcast archives. If you want to check out, I'm going to actually be removing some of these from Instagram because they tend to clutter up the Instagram space. I don't want my Instagram cluttered with all these 30 and 45 minute videos. So I'm going to be removing them from Instagram and they will only be on YouTube and only be on the podcast streams later. But you'll be able to see those as I catch up. As always, love you all. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining me on this podcast. You all make everything I do possible and I really do appreciate it. So even if you've got me on social, please visit mrbenja.com and see what's happening and how deep the rabbit hole goes. All right, I'll see you next time. Peace.